Welcome back. Another episode of Sparring with Your Brothers. I'm your host, King Peeps. As always, we appreciate you guys joining us. To my left, we have Coach O. How you doing, man? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I'm great, man. Another day, another day. Jay Blaze. Jay Blaze, what's good is understood. I'm starting with the jokes. I'm ending with the smoke, people. Okay. Y'all ready? Okay, Talk Castle about. King on the end. How you doing, man? Que lo que mi gente, ready for that party. It's Black History Month. It's all right. yeah. It is Black History With Month. A little bit of salsa in there. With yeah. that Black History Month, salsa. before we get into what that means for today's episode, I definitely want to appreciate you guys for joining us again. We appreciate your loyalty. Mm-hmm. Here on Sparring Brothers, we cover sports, politics, and religion. So tying into your statement of being Black History Month, yes. this week we have a special, exciting episode. Each topic going on to sports, politics, and religion right. is going to be our personal way of paying uh, tribute to those who came before us and those Facts. who impacted in America that we live in. So definitely, um, how are you guys doing? You know, it is, like I said, the last um, last week in February that we're going to be doing a podcast um, around Black History Month. But um, mm-hmm. how are you guys feeling? We got, we, I think we all have something to say. It looks like everyone has something to got say. Something to say yeah. but I'm it is ready. and we don't have flying cars. So just want to throw that out there. I'm not disappointed <laughs> about that. No disappointment. Well, you have been in my vehicle. I'm just so. saying. <laughs> 2020, we still don't have flying cars. I'm going to hold that until we start flying. All right. What we do have is some information for you guys. If, with everything that we talk about today, if you have any questions on anything um, that we talk about, any topics that we mention, be sure post those questions. Hold on to the questions at the end of the statement. At the end of the uh, segment, we'll make sure you uh, post the links of different uh, platforms that we are on currently, so you can go on there and check us out. But yep. getting directly into sports, um, I chose, I was doing research, funny enough, and I, I was thinking, like, you know, who do I want to pretty much talk about on, you know, the topic of sports and, and black history? So many and legends. I saw a picture of a legend, actually a, a legendary picture. And um, if you guys are not familiar with John Carlos and, um, and, and, and Tommy Smith, yes, you... We already know. Okay, right. so it's the iconic poster. Right. Mm-hmm. I saw it as a poster first, but uh, these guys are on a platform, just won the Olympics, just won the gold and, and a bronze medal. And you see this iconic pose with the fist in the air. So, mm-hmm. you know, me doing research is wondering, okay, cool. Meets the eye is just obviously something for, you know, this black awareness, right. um, different things going on, obviously, in that time frame. But um, it was a lot more to the picture that, that people may not have known. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a lot leading up to the picture. So right. talk to us. In this time, um, it's a lot. So what you don't see in the picture prior to coming up to the stage, they're actually barefooted. You know, so they they walked up to the platform with their shoes in behind, you know, in their hand behind their back. So what that was pretty much uh, is pointing out is poverty. So just shining a lot on poverty in America, definitely towards people of color. Um, they also wore beads. The bees were pretty much in protest of lynching, which I was like, man, you know, all you see, see is, uh, is the fist in there, but it's, there's a lot of other stuff going on mm. there too. Okay. While on stage, you know, um, one of them pretty much unzipped his jacket, which, which, from what I read, was it's pretty much like almost banned. Right. You know? So, right. but it was more so paying homage to even like friends and family members back in New York. They were still kind of like going through the motion. So. I thought it was great. It was, it was very powerful, obviously, the picture, but it was it was just really um, important for me to see people not only after they won these different medals, but using their platform to share light on other issues going on in the world. Yeah. You know? Set so their platform. I thought it was great. Um, and that, that's, that's mm. who I pretty much went with. It, it meant a lot to me. It made me want to do even more research on them and other people that pretty much came before. So, Coach O, starting with you, who did you... Um, 
so yeah, I uh, chose uh, a gentleman by the name of Fritz Pollard. Okay. Uh, not maybe a lot of people have heard of that name, but Fritz Pollard was actually the first African American football coach in the NFL in the year of 1920. So as, okay. as NFL celebrated 100 years, he was one of the centurions uh, celebrating along with him. Um, the irony, though, is that it took 69 years <laughs> for the next coach to be hired and one wow. Dennis Green. Come on, man. Uh, so um, and then in 2003, they enacted the Rooney Rule, right. um, which is on its surface sounds like a great thing. But it's really uh, almost a bigger slap in the face mm-hmm. to that of many African-American coaches. Right now, we have two great candidates in Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy, who are mm-hmm. still not been able to secure a job and the head coachings. There are 30 teams in the NFL. There are three uh, coaches, uh, African-American and one other minority in Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Now, this is sad when you talk about a sport that is 60 Eight percent currently right now made up of African-Americans, mm-hmm. and yet there are still being barriers placed in those ways. It's horrible. So as we look at it and, and as you start to watch on Sundays and um, however you feel about it, uh, one of the things that I pointed out is we are living history right now. Um, in, in 100 years, when they look back on this time, they're going to be talking about the Colin Kaepernick protest. Yeah. Um, he doesn't need to look to find injustice in outside of his own community. He can look right inside of the own football game and see how discrimination, how practices, how uh, the black man holding the clipboard of all the coaches or all of the coordinators that have been hired, they've all been defensive sides of the ball. So you look at Brian Flores, you look at Mike Tomlin, uh, uh, Vance in San Diego. Those are all defensive coaches. We've yet to see an offensive coach come to that sideline. And and that goes back to a stigma that is still prevalent around the African-American athlete, which is, are they as intelligent as the white athlete? Mm, okay. And so there are some deep undertones that we still have to go in this country. And again, as we celebrate Mr. Fritz Pollard and his hundred years that were with the Akron, he won a, a, a championship with them. Um, this story, this line has gone through uh, almost a hundred years and it's still fighting a struggle. That is, hey man, that's really significant. That's a story I haven't heard. I don't know if you guys heard of that story before, but uh, definitely, like I said, it's along with the, the guys that I mentioned. It's a lot of great history, Gordon, black history. history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. What did you guys, uh, start with you, Jay Blaze, who did you, you want to shine light on? Well, I actually, I couldn't pick an individual. I mean, mention a couple of people. Okay. But I just want to talk about the challenges and the character and the values of people like have been mentioned before me and and what they represented it. And this is in a time where you didn't have a platform for someone to tell you shit up and and play uh dribble your ball or play your sport or things of the nature. But I see black history and I'm just gonna use a couple examples, but I wanna embrace everyone. People like Jesse Owens and the nineteen thirty six uh Olympics <clears throat> Going in the face of Hitler, a guy that was being Semitic at that time, who thought Negroes were less than people, mm-hmm. and beating everyone, reading, winning the gold medal. I'm looking at Jack Johnson, a dude that chased Tommy Burns around the world and demanded a fight, mm. fought him in front of everybody as he was beating him, talked to his corner, won the championship. I'm looking at all these people who represented a country at that time that didn't embrace them. Mm-hmm. And what was the only view of people of color 
outside of what was on television and what we were describing as a book, it was the black athlete. Mm-hmm. And they put their courage, their character, people like Satchel Page, ahead Legend. of their finances. They showed the world that we were disciplined. They showed the world that we could act with honor and integrity. They showed the world that we did have values. They did show the world that we had a standard. And it was a communication. It was a direct reflection. I always say the people of color, the Africans, were the first original dreamers. Mm. We were the dreamers. We didn't have access. We didn't, there was times we didn't have access to play professional football, to play professional basketball. We had to have our own baseball league. And we had to dream. And those people who went out and did things, like when the Brown Bomber, not to be confused with the Bronx Bomber, that's fine this weekend, fought Max Schmeling. Mm-hmm. When we were, we were going head-to-head again, just like Joe Jesse Owens, we represented a country that when he came back home, wouldn't treat him with respect. Mm-hmm. Represented his people with honor. Lost to Max Smelling the first time in the 12th round knockout. Came back the very next fight time he fought him, knocked him out in the first round. Became friends with the same man that he had the adversity with. These are examples of people demonstrating and then eventually having the, to demand the behavior and the respect, not only of the United States, but demanding the respect of everyone in the world. Mm, right. And so when we seen them do that, and it wasn't about the finances. Of course, the finances came with it. When we seen them do that, we began to dream like they began to dream. We have no Kobe Bryant. We have no Michael Jordan. We have no Julius Irvin. These are great people without the people who originally had the dreams because they weren't allowed to read and they weren't allowed to write. Yeah, they weren't allowed to communicate what they felt, but they were allowed to dream. Trailblazers. And you could not get them. And they were the trailblazers. So this is a shout out to everybody we named and everyone we could not name. And this is an encouragement to the current athletes we have out there right now. Understand that you have your brand. I understand you have your finances, but you owe it to the people who set the table for you to stand for something, to be a model of an expectation until it ends, to be that person that inspire another dream and another legacy. Man, you know, Mm -hmm. it's funny. You you made me think back on uh, the topic I mentioned with John Carlos and and Smith. They were in an interview, right? And, And just to kind of go on your point of it being more than just you, a reporter asked him, hey, you know what? At this point, you, you sacrificed a lot. You know, obviously you got uh, suspended from the Olympics and your career kind of got kind of messed up in the way that it did. Yeah. The legacy, not so much, but the career. A question was asked, um, at this point, you got gold medals. You won it all at this point. You know, why is it still like a need for you to kind of, you know, state your case? And his response was, I can't eat gold medals. Facts. I can't mm-hmm. take my gold medals home and my family eat gold medals at the end of the day. It's like, you know, it's still more than just... It's more than just winning. You know what I mean? It's, it's really, like I said, using that platform. Can I say this? It's, 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 Go ahead. it's being willing, and he's even lost his, his wife and his family. Yeah. It's willing to lose everything except for your dignity, your pride, your integrity. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more of that in today's game. These guys are doing a lot with their finances and everything, but I want to see more of people saying, I am willing to lose it all so the generation behind me can have a chance to be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't mm-hmm. need anyone's permission to do that, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. Castle King, I know uh, I know we got to get to you. What, what, I what mean, information uh, you have for us today? I have a couple of people, actually. Okay. I, I, awesome. I'll keep it brief what? on there, but there was too many Take your time. beautiful you think, legends out there that have done it. I mean, yeah. for me, I went with uh, 
Earl Lloyd briefly and Nat Clifton, they they broke the NBA color barrier. So they okay. were the first to get elected. Earl Lloyd was the first to get drafted by Boston. Wow. So Beantown. Shut and out. then Nate Clifton was the first to sign an NBA contract by, can you guys guess what team? Knicks. New York Knicks. <laughs> Shocker. So we did okay. first and everything. First and everything. That's what we do. That's what we do. So anyways, besides that, I also wanted to get uh, John Baxter Taylor. So he was a legend in 1908, firstborn of free slaves. So he was uh, from free from slavery, and then he was the first to break uh, the 400 meters. So he was actually the first quarter mile, the fastest quarter mile in the nation in okay. high school, wow. in college. And wow. then he also won the first gold medal as a first Negro on there in uh, 1908. So that, that was a legend on there. Plus uh, Bill Russell, who I think is number one to me all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't go with a legend. Five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star. Talk that. 11-time champion. And what Facts. most people don't know, too, as a head coach. That's right. So that's the Facts. other legendaries that I want to go with. People sleep on Bill Russell. It's I, great. He's my one number one. It's him, Kareem, and then MJ. I, I'm, still, I'm still a Kareem guy. Uh, Kareem actually sat out the Olympics because of the injustice that was going on. Mm -hmm. um, throughout the history... Of, of the African-American athlete. They've never been too detached from their communities. And, and rightly so, I think that was one of the fair criticisms of Michael Jordan. Um, what Michael Jordan, what people didn't see, which I do give Jordan credit for, is Jordan uh, put a black man in everyone's home across the world. Um, everyone wanted to be like Mike. So I give him credit for that. But the one area that I think in hindsight he he wish he had done a better job of was lifting up others in his community at the time. Um, he was such a competitor. He was so focused on being the best that that came with some minor consequence. That all being said, I think you saw a heightened level of consciousness from today's athlete. Um, whether you agree always with their politics or not, the fact that they're not afraid to get out there and say something is a testament to those who came before them. I saw uh, Jim Brown uh, sit down with LeBron um, in, uh, at a game, and LeBron went over and gave him a, a big dap before the game. Um, you see uh, Chris Paul being active uh, after the, the shootings. Chris Paul, Carmelo, they call him the four, were out there in front of the ESPY Awards yeah. kind of ushering that in. So um, you see that. Unfortunately, um, that always hasn't translated into every sport. There's still barriers being broken. Um, the Williams sisters uh, didn't compete at Indian Hills uh, Country uh, Golf Club or uh, Tennis Course because mm -hmm. of the racism that still existed there. There are still barriers that need to be broken in a lot of different sports, which is sad. But... Um, we are relentless in knocking down those doors, knocking down those barriers, and, and look forward to seeing this millennia what happens. But that's why it's up to them to say, hey, we don't play there. We don't play at Wimbledon. We don't play at the U.S. Open. We don't play at the French. We don't play at the Australian. Mm -hmm. That's simple. You guys make a choice. Right. And this is, this is, um, I, I do laud, there are a fair amount of young men just trying to make changes, but they're not willing to risk their brand they're not willing to risk it all. Um, I did, inc uh, was I, I really liked the fact that Jordan was a competitor. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there comes a time where you have to bring in and usher the next one. True. And he didn't do that. And that was the problem, and I, and I want to go to the, the, the religion part, but that was the problem with Moses and Joshua. Joshua did not make the next one ready. No. And we have this thing where we are now so much about our brand and how we look and how people feel. And sometimes even taking a political point is part of our brand that we're forgetting 
the larger point, which is there's a certain level of values, choice, respect, discipline, sacrifice, standards, and even some of them show restraint yeah. to greatness. Now, the one that stuck out with me, even as I was looking at this and looking up at all these greats on there, uh, John Baxter Taylor, I mean, to think about the time frame that he was doing this in 1908, the 1900s at the nice. time, that was, I mean, literally just out, out of slavery at that time frame. And what he persevered and how they, they set the time frame and the standard, we have to look back at our history. And the one thing that sticks out to each one of these is, it's maybe kind of corny, but we shall overcome. I mean, right. it's, it's something that you always have to think as a mindset that you got to set as a precedence. And that, that's what stuck right. out to uh, me for that. I, and I say this, uh, some people call it a double-edged sword. Um, as men of color have to, they have this duality that they must exist, right? They are an athlete, but yes, they are an athlete as a part of a community. And it's almost an unfair burden that they carry. Um, I've, I've noticed that uh, one of the things that have changed is that um, when I was growing up, it was the angry black athlete, right? Because he had this chip on his shoulder. Well, um, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they don't have chips on their shoulders, right? Their dads are millionaires. Right. Um, you know, Bronny James is not going to have a chip on his shoulder because his dad is going to be a gazillionaire. So what we're seeing is this next generation of, of access, of influence, where these young men are growing up into lifestyles that um, other athletes of, of other races didn't necessarily have to bear along the way. And now we're going to see the sky being the limit now that we've kind of overcome that first hurdle. Again, we still got a long way to go. There's still um, problems in inner cities and in other different communities that they can use their resources to come back and help. But as far as the, the quote unquote, the angry black athlete, I think we can put those old stereotypes to rest. Yeah. Right. And sh that. just shout out to Jack Johnson, what he was mentioning earlier. Mm -hmm. He's following a dude all over the world yeah. in the early 1900s. They wrote a law because of his choice of <laughs> the type of woman he liked to deal with just to get him locked up. Mm -hmm. The guy who got pulled over going, I don't know, 60, 70 miles an hour, the ticket was $50. Lines. Yeah. And he gave the police officer a hundred and said, the "Guy goes, what are you give me that for?" He said, "Because I'm gonna be speeding on the way back." Wow! This is what we're talking about: singleness of mind to force this guy because back then it was below uh, your your as an individual, as a, a person that was white, to fight a black person to right. be a champion, and for him to force this guy, follow him in bars in the United States, follow him overseas to force this guy to fight him to be him and to become champion in right. a time where that people could easily have killed him. That says line. By the way, he wasn't a great boxer when he started out. And we can mm -hmm. talk about that another day. But shout out to everybody with the stories. And it's been actually a good learning lesson for me. I learned a little bit extra that I'm very That's proud of us as a group to be able to share this yeah. information with us. That's the plan. Good job, so guys. Definitely, like I said, I appreciate you guys sharing. I also learned a lot. I hope you guys learned something as well. If you guys have any um, honorable mentions, Definitely, like I said, comment below. Let us know who you think. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you think about our uh, mentions. And uh, definitely, like I said, I appreciate you guys following us on this first step, first uh, topic of right. sports. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for joining us, getting directly to our second topic of today. Going into politics. Um, if you weren't here before, appreciate you being here now. This week's episode, we are paying tribute to Black History Month. So mm -hmm. each topic that we're going over, whether sports, politics, and religion, we're pretty much taking that time to shed light on um, how that impacted African-American history and the significance of it 
to us today. So Facts. my topic today, um, going into the political uh, portion of it, wanted to shine light on the um, Black Panther Party. So Say Tom, word. Castle King is going to help oh, me out with that. Not Black Panther, not Wakanda. Well, you know Wakanda's well. No, they, they, that's where they got it from. That's where they got it from. They was trying. They tried okay. to get but, it. But yeah, but definitely, like I said, for you guys don't know, the Black Panther Party began 1966 yes, in sir. California. Berkeley. Leaders. Bobby Seale. Berkeley, Bobby Seale, and Huey P. Newton. So yes, right. definitely one pillar that they stood on was pretty much just making sure they protect people in their communities right? yes. against police brutality. So mm-hmm. Coach O is going to go after... Castle King, but Castle King, what you got to start off for us? I mean, the Black Panther Party, I mean, it usually has a negative connotation on it. I mean, yeah. it was something that, they, it was basically community put together of protecting protecting your own. Something you see a lot of things have negative happening, so they mm-hmm. chose to form together a group. They're originally known as a Black Panther Party for self-defense. They yeah, were teaching yeah. community awareness. They had wonderful programs, a 10-point program where they would uh, go to schools and create free lunches. You know, and they uh, had clinics as well, 13 different clinics. So it was a great organization to rally around the community on there. Yeah. Thanks. So it's so funny. Like you mentioned the free lunches. Um, it was like a thousand of people that were, I, I believe over 19 cities, like thousands of people, thousands of children, five days out the week, they were being fed. Wow. We're talking full full meals at this Multiple point. Multiple cities, wow. New York, much, Philadelphia. Yep. Yeah, the, the mindset was, well, obviously, if you haven't had a balanced breakfast in the morning, Facts. you're going to be less likely to pay attention in class. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, cool, just another way of getting involved in the community, <laughs> making a difference, even starting off with, with just the, the most important meal of the day, which I thought was was huge. So That's something that they, they pillared. I mean, even today, they everybody talks about breakfast being the first meal that you need on that. That's something that they pretty much formatted on there, make yeah. sure that everyone was not only fed, that their health was up to par, and that as a community, they looked out for each other. I mean, yeah. it started with the first killing of the young man, Matthew Johnson. Yeah. He was a teen unarmed where the uh, police killed him on there. So there was just to control <laughs> their 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 community on this. That's something that you're gonna monitor your your you know that there's discrimination or differences in your community. So they were gonna try to regulate that where there wasn't regulations for people of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One thing I um I pretty much know about him, which I thought was was huge, you know, as opposed to always because before Bobby Seale and Huey P. Newton started the Black Panther Party, they were actually belonging to another group prior to that. Okay. So the problem with the group was it was a lot of conversing about, you know, different, you know, things going on in the community, but it wasn't enough action being, being taken. So okay. they decided, hey, enough is enough. We actually have to put, you know, more so foot to mouth at this point. Yep, my boots on the ground. Walk out what we're talking about. So obviously it went to more of a, um, you know, um, a lot of people say a violent approach, which I don't think was a violent approach. And I, no, think no, no. I think it's a, a negative stigma that's, again, put on the black community on there. Yeah. Was there some incidents? Absolutely there was because they're protesting, they're fighting against, you know, police brutality in their community. So there was some that led to violence and officers getting wounded. You don't want anybody wounded on there, but you're still trying to set a standard for your community and protection yeah. on there. It was towards the end before the FBI started getting into it, that there was just like a bunch of people. It was over 2,000 members. So there's always going to be a couple of hotheads that you can't control that to get to an extreme on there. And and that's where the NRA was formed prior to there to keep the arms away from blacks. It's it's amazing how you actually uh, execute the Second Amendment to the T of the law where you have a well-regulated militia how the FBI sets up a COINTEL program mm-hmm. to undermine you. It's just it's just amazing what has happened mm-hmm. with the Black Panther story. And uh, even the, the guy in Chicago, I think they're doing a movie on him now, finally, 
to highlight his story. Um, but he was assassinated by the U.S. government. So um, things we don't like to talk about. There's a lot in, of people in, in our in our history that are unfortunate. But yeah, that's a great topic, guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know I said good. that you were gonna go next. We're actually gonna have yeah. Jay Blaze yeah, yes. followed up. Jay Blaze, what you just just before it goes, I don't mean to cut off, but I mean what? the whole goal for it. So as people think of it, again, a negative connotation. Their goal for them was just emphasizing unification of civil rights. Black pride in their community Thanks. and control for their community. So it was in a positive aspect. Absolutely. Yeah, we know uh, Huey P is no longer with us. Bobby Seale is. And everyone who uh, definitely aided in support, whether men or or female at that point, you know, we, we definitely appreciate you guys. You guys, uh, I know, I believe there's a, another Black Panther Party, you know. They're I mean, not affiliated. They're not, not affiliated or not. I know some like the name is pretty similar. But, uh, you know, I appreciate anyone at this yeah, and they were, point. They were practicing their Second Amendment, basically. Correct. Yeah, I appreciate anyone who is um, put in action to, you know, different concerns that actually affect us in the world. So, by any true. means necessary. By any means necessary. Second Amendment. Well, stepping right into that, um, we're going to keep the same theme I had with sports. So okay. Don't want to focus on anyone because I don't want to leave anyone out. I will mention some names. Cool. Shout out to Malcolm X by any means mm -hmm. necessary over here. Um, the Black Panther Party. Shout out to the Garveyites. Um, shout out to Martin Luther King. I'm just mentioning some names. Because even though they had different strategies and different attributes, they had a couple of things in common. But one thing in common, it was to grow and develop the community. Mm -hmm. And um, as we talk about politics, as we talk about uh, what these people had in common, we need to be clear about what they were attempting to do so we can now gain back. And I don't believe... I'm not talking about the spirit, actual spirit of the person, but we can regain the spirit of our political stance, not only in our communities, but in this country. And our political stance, and I believe Castle King said something that was kind of probably overlooked by a lot of people out there. And I'm going to attribute this quote to him, and I'm going to say it again, that we must be about our politics and not our politician. Mm -hmm. And that as a people group, as we gave those examples of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and the Garvey Ice and the Black Panther Party, we are a we are not a monolithic people group. Mm -hmm. We are diverse in look, shape, sizes, thought processes. So being that we're not only that, it's converse, it's actually the opposite. We are a complex group of people, but we all looking for the same means. Mm -hmm. And no, no party owns us, but we own our own destiny. And how do we own our own destiny? We stand together and fight the things that fight for things that positively can infect us and fight against things that are negatively impacting our people. Of course, we care about everyone else's people, but when one community or one neighborhood is suffering, everyone should feel the suffrage. True. Everyone should see the suffrage. And I believe that we have been um, tied to all types of things where we have to support this um, political party, uh, that political party. I'm of the opinion that we don't have to hold on to any political party. I'm of the opinion that we should vote for the people who have our best interests, whatever they hand. I will not, and I will, and I see that in the spirit of the people who were before us, I would not fight against someone who actually has a policy that's helping my community. I would applaud that. And one day I'm going to talk about the Congressional <laughs> Black Caucus and if they even need to exist. Wow. But in the spirit of Black History Month, I would not talk about them. But regardless of parties, we need to support anyone that's going to pass a regulation, a law, or set a standard that's going to improve our community. 
Um, another political stance, and what we were mentioning is self-improvement, self-investment, and self-love, and self-education, and deprogramming what we've been learned, what we've been taught, and learn what we need to know. Mm. So mm. these are some things that the people, Frederick Douglass, and then as far back as you want to go, um, Crispus Addicts, as far as back as you want to go, these are people who were at the forefront that fought for values, that fought for the people. They even fought for a country that didn't love them yeah. because they were looking for ways to improve and invest in their own community. I'm not here to debate against anybody tonight, mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep it the same theme um, tonight even when we get to religion. As a people group, we need to be more about advancing ourselves and less about dividing our cause for the coming goal that we should all have. Mm. As well put. Yeah. They're, they're, well we have put. some people that are doing it now uh, in these days. Just one person I want to mention is uh, Jay Morrison. So he's someone, a young, Shout out to him a for young real. real estate uh, mogul for the most part now who's doing street classes and teaching black communities how to empower themselves by owning in real estate. So. And I think, like I said, um, there's a lot of people out there doing it. It all starts from home. Facts. You know, at the end of the day, it starts from home. We talked about uh, different platforms before this, in the sports uh, you know, segment. People using their platform to even shed light on different things. So it starts from home, but obviously TV's watching home. Different things start at home. Obviously, Facts. as parents, we dictate what they watch. But at the end of the day, you know, being... Um, being aware of the influence that you have, and I, and I think, the, is, is, is monumental. And, and King Peeps reminded me of one point that I missed out on, is that fathers be fathers. True. They elevated the man in the community not because of a lack of respect for women, but fathers need to be fathers, set examples, show their sons how to love women, show their sons how to respect women, show them what a good day's work is, show them discipline, show them honor, that's what we were all about, the father being in the home, the father supporting the community. You cannot have a strong community on the backbones of a woman. Uh, and this, I know this is Black History Month. Yeah. These are some of the things that, th this is not my opinion, these are things that these people talked about, black men in the family, from Malcolm X to Martin Luther King to all these other people. Us having to be strong and do our portion. Our women should not have to do our jobs. I'm not, uh, again, I'm not coming here to, to, to debate anyone. I'm just right. saying tonight, I'm just talking about the politics of building a strong community of any means in this world begins, begins with the leadership of a man. And if you don't have the leadership of a man, you will fail. So we'll talk about other stories. We'll talk about other stories like the 13th Amendment and all this other stuff. We'll talk about that down the road. But if you don't have the man in the household, Statistically, you will fail. So politically, that was pushed, and I'm imploring people, even if you're not with that person, stand strong, make sure that father have access, make sure that son or daughter have access, build a bridge, build a family, even if it can't be nuclear, because it's for the betterment of your neighborhood, and it's for the betterment of our community. Right. Yeah. And I'm well, sorry for going over, guys, and hey man, no, I'm just passionate about that. All. All right. Strong like points. Stuff that some people need to hear. It's just, it's just facts at the end of the day. So we, and we always appreciate you guys having the space mm -hmm. to do exactly that. So I know we spoke a little bit. Coach O, what, what you got What you got, Coach O? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take it in a different direction. I appreciate okay. uh, the gentleman. Are you going right or left? Uh, it's going to go a little <laughs> lefty here. Okay. Um, I, I chose uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we were honored to see 
uh, one, uh, Charles McGee. He's one of the original Tuskegee Airmen. Okay. Uh, okay. You saw him at the Chef. Super Bowl. He's a gentleman that stood up. He's a centurion. He just turned 100 years old. Um, and uh, about a few days later, uh, the 45th president honored him. Uh, by making him a general, and he yeah. was at the State of the Union, address, which was an amazing story. And if you haven't looked up the Tuskegee Airmen, it's it's an, a great story of perseverance, of hard work, of determination of a group of people when they actually had access what they were capable of. Uh, flying sortie missions got fought their way into, they literally fought their way to be able to fight for a country that when they returned did not respect them. And that's a whole nother thing. Um, and the Tuskegee Garman story is an amazing story, and we should all celebrate that. But we also need to look at the other side of the coin, what was happening with the other side of the Tuskegee experiments, mm -hmm. where they were exposing men of color, over 700 men of color, to mm -hmm. syphilis yep. and other diseases to see exactly what would be the effects of yeah. that. Um, there are stories like this. There, there are unsung heroes, and I'm very proud of everything that they did to Mr. McGee and all the honors. But how, what that says to me is the only acceptance for an African-American in this country is exceptionalism. And, and that's something that we can talk about at another point in time, mm -hmm. but that is a constantly a problem. If you are not the top tier, if you're not the criminal of the crime, your bodies are a waste. And that's what continually happens to this day. When we hear stories about Freddie Gray, when we hear stories about Tamir Rice, when we hear stories about Trayvon Martin, it is because the, the value of the black life, unless you are that exceptional, unless you are that LeBron James who can dunk the basketball in, nine, in ninth grade, well, he's different. He's special, but the rest of them are not. And that is still continuing to be a problem. So, again, great shout-out to Mr. McGee. Great shout-out to all those Tuskegee Airmen who have passed and, and the, the trail that they blaze to show what they can do. But uh, if you are just an average man, uh, and, and this is kind of – I didn't want to debate Jay Blaze on this, but one of the things that I'm passionate about is uh, the disparity – uh, between um, the income wealth of households okay, and how if you are a, a person of color, you, you only make 63 cents of the, of the dollar. If you are a woman of color, I think it's a less than 40 less. cents, right? Yeah. So these are things, these are the inroads that must be repaired. So I get to coach my son's T-ball team, right? I, and I've made some certain life choices that allow me to do that. Not every man of color gets that opportunity. I'm building bonds with my son that most men of color don't have an opportunity because they have to work twice as hard as their counterparts. So these are the things, these are the corrections that we must uh, eradicate in our culture, in our society, so that we don't, and once they turn 100, pin a general star on a Tuskegee Airman. We recognize that as a people group in general, we all need to be elevated and lifted up. That's huge, yeah. That's I all I got. You, yeah. Yeah. It's good for me. Hey, it's good so for us. Guys, I appreciate you guys. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in to this, this segment. Join us for the next episode. If you stay around, we've got some more exciting information to share for you. Yeah. Closing off, going into the religion portion of the podcast for today. Nothing so heavy. If you got any questions, anything like that, be sure to comment, like, and we're going to post uh, different platforms to follow us on. Do exactly that. Stay tuned for next um, episode.
Welcome back. Thanks for joining us, getting into our last topic of today, um, closing up SPAR. We're getting directly into the religion portion of it. Yeah, yeah. For you guys who weren't here previously when we first started the um, topic of today, who are first uh, going into sports, this week, specifically this week, closing off Black History Month, we're pretty much devoting each topic to pretty much point out something obviously very uh, relevant to African-American history. Facts. You know, with in line with the topic of today. So I'd like Thanks. to get into religion. The person I'm talking about today and tying into religion is actually Harriet Tubman. Say word. Tying in Harriet Tubman. All right. Uh, someone okay. must think, hey, what does she have to do Make with it happen. Religion, what does she have to do with... I'm curious. Know? Okay, well, cool. Perfect. I'm pretty sure you guys are curious too. And obviously, before we even get into it, if you see anything, if you hear anything that we're talking about and you have any questions, be sure we're going to list some uh, social media platforms. I know Facebook, we have YouTube and Instagram. Podcast. Podcast. Wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, check us out. If you got questions, post them there. We'll make sure you respond to them next week. But directly into uh, what I was saying, I'm getting into Harriet Tubman. Um, Tell us about it. So I I was curious. How are you relating her into... So so I don't know if you guys saw the movie, Harriet. I watched it most recently. I was in Chicago a couple weeks ago. So I watched it with the family. And just, you know... Glad you made it back safe. And it was interesting because um, in the movie... There was a lot of, um, for what I saw, it was a lot of uh, religious actions that took place. I'll okay. say that for, for lack of better words. But uh, okay. it was a lot of parts of the movie where, you know, and even if you recount her story, she had helped leading, you know, people from slavery to the North. Yep. You know, so a lot of times, what a lot of people don't know, I didn't know, when she was younger, um, she got hit in the head by a slave master mm-hmm. with like a two-pound weight for the most part. She got hit in the head by this weight. It was intended to hit someone else who was trying to escape, but it hit her. You know, so she kind of called it a um, skull cracking moment, but it pretty much left her obviously laying there bleeding, headaches, seizures, and everything like that follow. One particular thing that happened was she started having different visions. You know, she started having these different visions, and she pretty much blamed it on her relationship with God. And mm-hmm. um, that was actually, you know, shown a lot in the movie. If people didn't know like that exactly happened, I didn't know until I did research. It's, it's more so you'll see her. She's leading the people, you know, uh, to the north, and she'll stop, and she has this almost mesmerizing moment. You know, she was like, it's like she's out of her body. She's kind of sitting there. There's a lot going on. She, she's there, but out she's not cognizant of what's going on. Okay. But it was more so, hey, God leading her, saying, hey, this is, this is what you need to do. So a lot of times the movie will say, hey, you know, don't go this way or do go this way. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. I know you guys, <laughs> the look on your face, but it, it was pretty interesting to me. So I know, like, she did have some uh, religious upbringing. Um, she was a part of the African Methodist yep. Episcopal, Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a lot of different <laughs> things that uh, pretty much, you know, tied her into religion for me. I obviously commend her on um, the hundreds of slaves that she's freed and just her impact on um, African-American history or just, just the world in general. But okay. that was something that she uh, pointed out to me. So... I know you guys got your own topics as well. Sure. Jay Blaze, who did you who did you go with? Once this? again, uh continuing with my theme from sports, politics, and religion. I really didn't pick a single okay. person. I kind of want to talk about uh specific concepts and you always got uh, some information people, for, so people of faith. It. Yeah. People of faith. Now I have to tell people I am a Protestant Christian. And as a Protestant Christian, people will say to me, Hey, that's the white man's religion. Okay. Right? And and the one thing most people don't realize is that the Bible is a Really about people that are that are African, 
Uh, one of the things that most people don't know that Israel is actually on African, the African plate. So that makes it part of Africa, which used to be called Al-Kabalan. Okay. Right? And that's an Arabic word, or some people call it Aramaic. And what it means is the mother of mankind. It also means the Garden of Eden. That is some of the translations. That's the original world where the people of Sumar, uh, the Ethiopians, uh, which translate to the people with black faces, um, the Moors. That's the oldest word to describe that land. It didn't become Africa until the Romans actually took charge of it. So the book of the Bible is about people on that particular continent. It's about people of faith, everything from Moses to um, Jesus and things of that nature. So it's not the white man's religion. It's Afri actually a book about Africans of different colors and everything. And one of the things that we talked about through sports and through politics and now we're in religion is that faith and the faith in a God, whether you're Islam or whether you're uh, Hebrew Israelite or whatever it is that you're in, faith in God has gotten people of color so far has got them through trials and through tribulations, have comforted them in times where they didn't see no tomorrow. And that has actually been an ideal thing. So when we talk about religion, I'm not here to cast against anybody uh, religious belief, but to say to people that you must maintain your faith in a God or your God of your choice, but also to make and pose that back in the day, back in the time of Harriet Tubman, back in the time of some of the excellent people that Coach O, and Castle King mentioned faith was a verb and now is like a noun or adjective. It's not active. We're just sitting back. We're letting all types of things happen in our community. We're letting all types of things happen in our household. Um, we're not being active about taking control of our life as far as um, not only just having faith in God, but operating on the things that we believe that our God has given us the ability to accomplish. Mm. So when we talk about religion, I, and I'm just going to close with it, this, this is God is the way we need to go, but it's the danger of the emotion that we get caught up so much in the emotion that we don't get caught up in the actual activity that God wants us to move forward with. Um, people, do not forget your roots. Do not forget your culture. Do not forget the foundation that the people have laid for us through sports, politics, and now this topic of religion. That's good. Very good. I feel like at the end of the day, like you said, exactly. don't forget your roots at the end of the day. So pretty much, I know it ties into um, African-American history, so I definitely appreciate your Facts. feedback on that. As always, got some information for us, so we appreciate it. Castle King, what you got for us, man? Uh, to be honest, man, uh, God never really divided any colors. I mean, in Acts 17, 26, he's one blood of all nations. We are all the same blood. One blood. Okay, so there's... I can't really find anywhere where God talks specifically about color. Okay. Okay, God talks as we are all one people, that we are different tribes. We come descendants from Shem, Ham, and Jasif, mm -hmm. three triplets, and that's where we originally come from. Yes, I mean, learn. It's, that's where you got to come from. Shem, Ham, and Jasif, three brothers. All right, okay, and then... Yeah. Right? I was just clarifying. breaking okay. news. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> you had to learn. <laughs> anyway, so Shem and Ham... <laughs> being confirmed. I'm sorry. Anyway, right. this is what happens when knowledge happens. Again, this is what we always have the struggle. But anyway, Ham, it's the brother. It's what, right. There's no color lines on any one of them. So that God never breaks down anything of color. It all happened through, obviously, sun. That's where melatonin and natural selection happen. So as far as colors, I don't believe in God talking about anything as far as black, whites, or anything even culture-wise. Mm -hmm. So that's what I got for you. Okay. okay. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm always throwing it. Coach O. Um, 
Shockingly, I'm taking this in a different direction. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe I did too. So Where's the we label maker when you need it? Um, all right. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the town of Savannah, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with. It's about four hours north of where we are. Um, it's one of the oldest cities yeah, in the Georgia. United States. Um, Savannah has yeah, these Georgia. beautiful uh, squares and it parks. It's a beautiful town to walk around. And on one of those squares is the uh, the first African Baptist church. It was actually established in 1773 in Savannah. Uh, and it was built for Africans so that they could worship uh, slaves and, and people in, this, in, in the surrounding plantations in Savannah would come there and worship. And it was one of the first thriving African-American communities uh, in the United States. Um, the sad part about that is, is that um, in this country, um, we have a toxic gospel uh, that was separated by black and white. Because they only allowed the blacks to worship in black churches and they only allowed whites to worship in white churches. Um, the true. editor of the uh, of the Savannah Times, his name was uh, William Tappan Thompson. He's the one who actually designed the Confederate flag. And the second Confederate flag is a Confederate battle flag in one corner and the rest of it is white. It's called the Stainless Banner. Okay. And he wanted to establish that so he could show that the God's providence of the dominance of the white man. Um, so that is the history that we're fighting against till this day, as far as the separation. Dr. Martin Luther King said the most segregated place in America is on Sunday mornings. And as you continue to go on that, you can see that throughout the different churches where you can say, oh, that's a black church. That's a white church. They listen to this type of music. Oh, this is God. Well, they're both wrong because Sabbath is not on a Sunday. Okay, well. Oh, my turn shots. Off, but, okay, but um, you interrupted me as well, so I maybe okay. get the facts right, okay. get it right. We'll, 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 we'll get it right, but uh, we'll, whatever you shots. choose to do on your end of the table, that's Talking fine. Talking about racism, well, not religion. Okay, well, actually, America is well, still continues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> America still continues. So um, this false gospel of this American prosperity Sunday. was something that was never originated. If you actually look at the uh, the uh, church in the book of Acts, you see that they combined all of their wealth and gave it to one single and spread it amongst the community. The American dream is an, an antithesis of what the gospel actually teaches. And so what they were able to do by separating us and keeping their gospel separate than ours was uh, divide the churches and divide the gospel. They still wanted to treat us like human beings, yet they wanted to let us have God so that we would take our minds off of the world that we're living in and focus it on in eternity. So uh, in order to understand where we have come from as a people, we have to start to decode what traps were set up for us. And again, I did want to talk about one thing. Um, this false prosperity, uh, it took 150 years uh, for the Southern Baptist Church to apologize for their act practices during the times of slavery through Jim Crow. So from 1845, from when they split off from the original church to 1995, they never apologized. How long is it going to take? It's going to be another 150 years before they apologize for the practices that still continue to carry on right now in our churches. And again, right now there are thousands of black, uh, black women and brown women who are missing because of sex trafficking and other things that are happening out through community. And these things are not being addressed by the church. The church has remained silent conveniently because it isn't affecting their parishioners. And that's where the divisions of the churches, and again, this false American gospel is causing a conflict in this American experience, which is uniquely different than the American experience that other people are going through. Um, so other than that, um, you know, I'll, I'll wrap it up with saying this, is that um, if 
you look at the first conversion that took place. It was when Philip was whisked to the Ethiopian eunuch. It was a black man that was converted. And if you look at Simon the Cyrene, throughout the history, the, the the Africans have had, uh, as Jay Blaze pointed out, Genocides, the Africans, the, the, Hittites, the, Canaanites. The, the Africans have been a part of the of the gospel story, have been from the, its very inception. So if you can just go back and look at that, the fact that they were excluded from that gospel in this American experience shows you how flawed this foundation really is. So as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in another episode of Spawn with the Brothers. As you can see, we dealt with uh, our contributions, our appreciation to Black History Month. Closing off, definitely if you guys have any questions or anything that you saw or anything that you heard, follow us on Instagram, like us on YouTube, share us on YouTube, and also you can visit us at sparwiththebrothers.com. Until next week, appreciate you guys and enjoy the rest of your Black History Month.